Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Dave Neal, stand-up comic, host of Bachelor Nation News, coming to you on this Friday, May 19th, 2023. Oh, we made it to the finish line of the work week. Let's get into it. All your news right here, Bachelor Rush Hour. Oh yeah, it's aggressive, but it's an aggressive day for us. It is barrel scraping season. We're piecing together all of the content in one place. Entertainment news, Bachelor news. I've got Vanderpump news, and I've got some behind-the-scenes content you guys are going to enjoy. But first, uh, you guys ready to binge some shows this weekend? Selling Sunset Season 6. How's that for alliteration? Selling Sunset Season 6, uh, Sports Sexiness, um, this coming, drops this morning. So if you haven't already watched it, which I'm assuming you haven't, I think I'll be binging Selling Sunset this weekend. I don't know, me, I just, I like to see a bunch of entitled, privileged people, um, you know, sell homes and make a lot of money. That's what I like. That's my vision board, is seeing what $5 million will get you in the Hollywood Hills, uh, which sadly is not that much. I'll, I'll end up watching Selling Sunset. It's a Look, it's just like a sexy realtor show, right? But I'll end up watching it and I'll start judging as if I've got $20 million to buy a home. I'll be like, oh, that won't, do, that $17 million home won't do it for me. It doesn't have the sweeping pool infinity, you know, whatever. And then in reality, here I am in my two, uh, two bedroom apartment. But a boy can dream, right? So anyway, that's, that's coming out. And you know what I watched yesterday was Anna Nicole Smith, the documentary. This didn't do well on Rotten Tomatoes. 38% tomato meter, 59% audience score. I got to tell you what, though, I thought it was perfectly fine. It's not the thing you want to, it's not like appointment television, 8 p.m. on a Friday night, get the popcorn out. It's kind of sad. She had a sad story about her life. Uh, but it's interesting, nonetheless. Sad and interesting. Um, unlike this podcast, we are ec- we're interesting, but uh, we're trying to keep the mood light here. But anyway, that's my recommendation. Give Anna Nicole Smith, You Don't Know Me, on Netflix a shot. It'll be again. You know, I don't. My uh, my um. Uh, all of my uh, reputation is uh, staked on this. Uh, but if you enjoy the underbelly of the entertainment world, I, it's interesting to see what she went through in the '90s before the internet came out and all that jazz. So those are my non-bachelor shows I'm recommending, and. I'm going to share with you guys some Vanderpump Rules content right now before I get to the Bachelor content. We've got Katie Thurston, who did an interview with Jeremiah, Jeremiah Watkins, very funny comedian, on his podcast discussing the fantasy suite and what she's got going on with her stand-up world. So we're going to get to all that. But first, Ariana Ariana Matix from Vanderpump Rules is just doing a real aggressive, in the best way possible, PR tour uh, following or preparing for the three-part reunion of Vanderpump Rules. Of course, she was cheated on by Tom Sandoval. They dated nine years. Here she is talking to Hoda and Jenna Bush. Jenna Bush, daughter of, um, uh, what you, what's his name? Uh, Je- yeah, the whole Bush family works for NBC. We had Billy Bush. He's somehow related to uh, the president. And then Jenna Bush, daughter of George Bush. So as far as nepotism goes, there you have it. Uh, her and Hoda interviewing Ariana. Have a listen. It's, yeah. it's a reality television show, but it's also your life. Yeah. yeah. What When you look back at some mm-hmm. of those images over nine mm-hmm. years of dating... How, how does it sit with you? Um, it's not easy. Um, I'm on TikTok a lot. Like, mm-hmm. they're just talking about TikToks. Yeah. And this, sometimes the algorithm feeds me that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think that sometimes it's painful, but I think that the person that I 
thought that I loved or that I missed sometimes is not really there. So it makes it a little bit easier to cope with I mean, that. it is painful to watch it. I watched it last night and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe what, you know, you've been sort of living through. Um, you're clearly angry at him. Are you? Uh, or are you I th- past that? I think I'm past really? the anger. How did you I get mean, past here that? and there? Yeah. <laughs> how did you, how, like what has helped yeah. you through this? Because there are many women out there who can't necessarily relate yeah. with the reality TV mm-hmm. and the 380 million <laughs> TikToks. But they can relate with being devastated. Um, I think my way of getting past the anger stage was just I became so disgusted, which then turned me into a place of almost indifference yes. because apathy yeah yeah apathy and i don't all right that's the key folks is rip the band-aid off it's almost better it's almost like tom sandoval did her a favor not not to say she should be thanking him but because the relationship had such finality it it's almost like the crash uh, might have been more devastating but at least it got her down it got her uh, it got her uh, to her single uh, phase faster uh so we are all rooting her on uh, i'm gonna have a full video about this on the YouTube channel, which is yet to be made. I'm going to be making that video right after I record this podcast. So if you want more Vanderpump news, you can go over there to get it. I tell Ariana this, you you deal with a bad breakup, get some Tom and Jerry's ice cream. You know what I mean? Whatever kind you want. I personally like uh, ice cream where you can chew a little bit, like a cookies and cream or some sort of pistachio chunk or, or, or you know, a pecan. I like, I like a little bit of a chewing uh, uh, while I uh, suck down a good uh, tub of ice cream. So get that, but also grab a couple microdose gummies today's bachelor rush hour sponsor is microdose gummies for an incredible entry-level dose of thc that helps you feel just the right amount of good microdose microdosing can help curb your anxiety it can help hey you might be angry at your ex for cheating on you in a uh, national scandal and maybe you just need to pop some uh, edibles and uh, that'll help you chill out a little bit do that too microdose is available nationwide to learn more about microdosing thc go to microdose.com and use code rush hour to get free shipping and 30 percent off your first order links can be found in the show description but again that's microdose.com code rush hour all right well i'm gonna get to the featured clip of the day which is katie thurston's interview but first we actually have a interesting tiktok by ariel from this past season of the bachelor so we love advice when we can get it from uh you know reality tv stars you know not that uh, necessarily we relate to them but here's ariel and she her advice is to eat shit have a listen being fed success stories, whether it be through social media or other mediums, and we never see people anymore on the come up, and we only hear about that process, so it's very hard to visualize the shit that people had to eat before they became successful. I think as we struggle to achieve our own success, we forget how important it is to eat shit to get to where you want to be. So don't be discouraged by seeing so much success around you. Instead, use that as motivation. But remember, people didn't start up here. They started all the way at the bottom and built their way up. I don't care who they are. Everybody had to start somewhere. And don't forget that. Well, okay, I kind of agree. But some people do start on third base and think they hit a triple. Do you know what I mean? That would be like if you were the kid of a billionaire. In fact, that would be like starting at you know, past third base. You're basically rounding home at that point. Commenters, though, are like uh, kind of pushing back on her, being like, what have you done to eat shit? Someone said, this is coming from a woman who applied to be on a reality show and immediately gained a following on social media. What shit has she had to eat? And again, everyone's got a different story. 
Uh, but I do understand like, yeah, don't look at other people's success as a, as like a, you know, if you see someone else and see their success, maybe mimic what they did, uh, break down, you know, like for me, for my YouTube channel, I broke down a lot of successful YouTubers and tried to emulate some tricks and, and things and apply my own spin to it and this and that. So I bring that up because there was a subreddit post that said, who has made a career off The Bachelor without ever appearing on The Bachelor show? It talks about Jess Ambrose and Reality Steve and and people like myself. And I mentioned in this thread how much um, appreciation I have for content creators in this field that we cover, Bachelor and Entertainment News, who didn't get verified because they went on the show and weren't given a million followers. And the people that really had to thrive and uh, rise to the top there. And that's people like Bachelor Data and, you know, some, you know, uh, you know, some others that, you know, I mentioned Reality Steve, Game of Roses, you know, there's, there's obviously plenty. Uh, but the point being is that there is a roadmap that you can take to break into different niches, but it can be very hard and challenging. I kind of look at it as like if you're running a um, Iron Man, if you ever see an Iron Man, there's just a bunch of people elbowing each other uh, trying to gain ground. And, and there's a lot of fighting, um, you know, to, to get past that initial batch of people to become a voice that is, you know, picked up by the algorithm and listened to. So I said in this chat, I said, you know what, I will answer anyone's questions they have. And I did receive some very good questions from people about how much I pay contestants that come on my channel and things like that. I will cover these questions and try to answer them as best I can right after we get to this clip with Katie Thurston and what she had to say in her interview on the Scissor Bros podcast. So I'm going to play this Katie Thurston interview right after a word from our sponsors. And here is Katie Thurston on the comedy podcast Scissor Bros. How did you get into, like, did you have to audition for that or how does that work? So first you're on The Bachelor. So I was thirty, one of 30 girls mm -hmm. going after one guy. Mm -hmm. How great is this set, by the way? So they're like, do you want to try again? But this time, you get 30 guys. Were you super... I mean, obviously, like, I'm a competitive person. Mm -hmm. um, but were you, like... How, like, realistically, how bummed were you when it didn't work out on the first... On The Bachelor? With Matt James. Uh, like, how much of it do you have to play into? I didn't go very far. So okay. it was kind of surprising that I was picked. I was, uh, like, 11th place, which is, mm -hmm. like week six or something i don't know yeah. you don't really get a lot of time so like in terms of the real world it yeah. felt very comparable to like i had a great first date with this guy i'd gotcha. like to keep seeing him i didn't have enough time to be like i'm falling in love with him mm -hmm. i'm ready to spend my life with him so getting sent home was sad because you're like oh i wanted to keep exploring it yeah but not yeah. like heartbreak right and is it is it authentic like authentic as far as the connections and stuff that you have with these? For me, it was. It was. Yeah, I don't, I can't speak for everybody, right? But I really wanted it to be like a very genuine experience. So yeah. I stayed open to a lot of people, mm -hmm. but you don't really have time. Like you should probably shouldn't do that. You probably should hone in on like two people only. That's it. You don't have time. Hone how, in. Yeah, how <laughs> how many like hours would you say you actually? were t even talking to the guy like oh, on the bachelor. So the guy that I well the guy I ended up getting engaged to, I probably spent a total total of 24 hours over like 6 weeks. What? And a big chunk of that is the overnight date, which is like, you know, 8 hours. What happened? <laughs> Can you go through that date like that the yeah. overnight date? Yeah. We fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> <come on. laughs> 
And uh, how they said that she said I know, that she I know. I just want to sweets, guys. Um, <laughs> and did he make the first move? Um, I actually don't remember because it's it's a little awkward. No, it's it's a great question yeah, because yeah. it's the first time you don't have a, a mic on, the cameras are gone, the producers are gone. You this is the first time you're by yourself with this person in like a locked bedroom, basically. And you also are seeing what could end up being the more realistic side of them yeah. because they're not playing the camera. Oh, they're yeah. not hamming it up a no little bit. No one's helping them with the conversation yeah. or like interrupting when it's going south. Mm -hmm. I just remember we drank, like it took a while before we like, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's just really, it's a very weird experience. Now, sure. did you, did he, was there like, um, like jazz music in the background. There was a fireplace in the room. They gave us as whatever we wanted. We had all this dessert, wine, alcohol. So it we was watched a, Animal Planet. So, so it was romantic. He, so did he put a ramen noodles in the microwave for you, or <laughs> keep going. did he wrap your feet? Keep going. Just like keep I'm trying to get inside the yeah, mind yeah, of Steve right yeah. now, like what he's imagining on the set of The Bachelor. Yeah. Whatever so you he, want, they give you. you. Want. So if I was like, I need sex toys, they would have given that to me. Really? Whatever I want. Wow. They want it to be a great. That would be crazy yeah. if you pegged him on that that's the, your first interaction. <laughs> yeah. Like the doors are all closed yeah. and everything. What did you ask for? Candles and just, I'm a I'm a basic girl, so like I just needed a little bit of wine. What kind of wine? Oh, red? I don't know. Just red regular wine. Just red, yeah. Was he drinking wine with you? Yeah. Can we can we uh make what? up a song about yeah, go a ahead, basic but... girl? Yeah, yeah she go says ahead. She says she's a basic girl. I think No, that we I've can... taken the test. I'm vanilla. Nothing wrong with vanilla. So here we get to the comedic stylings of the piano improv. If you're just listening only, the YouTube version, the editing, the, dr the hey, hey, dramatic hey, hey, stylings. Hey, 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 hey. I'm not a bad bitch. I'm basic. I like my milk with vanilla if I'm watching a movie I hope it's not a thriller cause I'm basic no, you'll, you'll, you'll come in on this next part oh. Katie I'm basic I don't want to do anything crazy Cause I'm basic <laughs> Don't stick anything in my butt Because I'm basic <laughs> Just let me lay down Cause I'm basic <laughs> I'm basic <laughs> This is a shout out to all you basic queens out there Cause listen you don't have to pretend to be something you're not. Sometimes you just want a good foot rub and good missionary on your back. Sometimes you just want to get in bed and watch a nice show at the end of the night. You don't need all these fancy fireworks and proposals in the sky written in clouds. You just need someone to connect with. Shout out to the basic queens of the world right now. Very beautiful. Basic. Yay! Yeah. I mean, it's like how do you how do you compete with this? You know what I mean? 
This is good. Sh- this is good stuff right here. <laughs> exactly. Now, what was that guy's name in the um, with the drink and the wine? Blake. That was that was Blake. Yeah, the fantasy suite was Blake. Okay, so can I give you a hypothetical? Oh yeah. What if it was perfect, and then when it got to the um, the the intimacy part, you 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 kind of start feeling down there, and there was a pebble. <sighs> They're gonna see his shitty breath. Um, no. Small dick. Like ext- like micro. Look. Micro. If he knows what he's doing, whether with his hands, his mouth, his micro, then that's okay. All right. So Katie doesn't pass on the, or Katie passes on the chance to body shame there. The uh, the micro community is rejoicing. All right. Let's switch to the eight, uh, 28 minute mark. She talks about stand up comedy. Headed to go do her dream, and she was probably going to kill it that night. It's probably going to be the best. <laughs> You'll never ever. know because she's. Like, yeah, yeah. I could have lied, but I was like, nope, this I gotta yep, go. Gotta... So she talks about her first stand-up experience when she got to open for Whitney Cummings in a giant theater. Come at... Um, so I went. It was horrible. Like now, knowing what I know now, it was horrible. But at, at the time, I I loved it. D- doing a little ten-minute no experience stand-up. Yeah. You did ten minutes first uh, time. Honestly, it was probably like six or eight. I was by the time it happened, I was so drunk because we were like an hour behind. Right, right. So I was trying to like time it right, but we were running yeah. late. So by the time I was there, I was like, I shit myself at work this one time. Like it was just a hot mess, hot yeah. mess. Yeah. Do you remember what you were talking about that first? Mostly time? shitting myself one time at work. Um, the traffic the here in LA. Um, dating like. Dumb stuff, dumb stuff. We love that stuff. But it was just, it was chaos. But I did it. Yeah. yeah. And then um, finally started doing um, open mics here. And after doing an open mic, this girl came up to me. She's like, hey, I'm actually producing a show. Do you want to do a 10 minute set? I didn't even have 10 minutes. But I was yeah. like, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I had a month to just figure it out. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, did it, loved it. And then, of course, people were like, do you want to produce your own show? And I was like, I only have 10 minutes, but I'll, yeah. we'll figure it out. So I did, I produced two different shows and did kind of like, um, one was like a competition back mm-hmm. in Seattle at the Tacoma Comedy Club. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so even though I only had 10 minutes, all the other comics got to do like a little contest. Yeah, yeah. And then we did one here in San Diego that was just like, you know, opener, feature, headliner, mm-hmm. Q&A at the end. Nice. Um, so yeah, that's, that's well, the weird Well, what's kind of interesting to me is um, a lot of times when people get like some attention with a show specifically like reality shows or or uh like with tiktok or whatever i'm not seeing them go to open mics which that was what impressed me about you posting about it is you you made a post about your night of open mics around san diego that you're hitting yeah and i feel like that's really rare to if you get some like a lot of love online to go do the really hard part of stand up, which is the open mic stuff. Yeah. It's like doing the work because it's easy to get booked on shows totally. when you have like a credit or some attention on you, some heat yeah. on you. It's easy to get spots because people want to have you out. They know that people yeah. will come out to see you. But I saw a video that you posted where mid open mic set, you got recognized. Yeah. All right, so we'll play that video for you right now. Well, like, I'm somebody's leftovers as well. I was engaged once, so I shouldn't be judging so harshly. Uh, I did get dumped, though. You know what they say? The, oh, she's whispering. That's not sure. I just realized who you were. <laughs> I hate being recognized. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just clear that air really quick. I was about to write. I did 30 guys. I didn't work out. So, yeah, like, you know, say, boom. Okay. 
Good response there. Back to the show. Yeah. Um, and to me, that in in some ways, I think can be more difficult than bombing in obscurity. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. I yeah. mean, it, and that's the hard part is like, you have people wanting you on a show, but you're inexperienced, but you want the opportunity, but you got to put in the work, but then you don't want to be recognized because you have, you know, 700,000 people online saying that joke was ass. You know, it's like, I know. And that is true. Yeah. The idea where you could bomb in obscurity and work on your craft. I mean, who, who, who would show an audience their first year of learning the piano? You know what I mean? All right. We're grooving today, folks. I'm going to give you the answers to these questions y'all asked me about the pay and all that jazz right after another word from our sponsors. All right, we're back. If you're still sticking around, I'm going to answer some of your questions, as I promised, that you asked in the Bachelor world. So on Reddit, the question was this. I think it would be really interesting to hear. Um, let's see. The question is, where does the money come from? And again, this is specifically towards me as a content creator. Where does the money come from? What are your main revenue sources? How difficult is it to keep them up? What's your most lucrative endeavor? So up until the podcast, which I launched in the fall, I was making about 99% of my um, content creating income. Again, this is separate from stand up. I'm not going to get into stand up income because that can vary. You can get paid, uh, you know, five grand to do a stand a private stand up show or two dollars. I think Tuesday night I did this one show that I do in um, near the airport. It's at a bar and they pay you in a ten dollars. They, they call them flight bucks and it's just to buy chicken wings. So you, it it varies. Okay, and that's the different. I don't think you guys uh, care as much about the stand up income. But as far as YouTube goes, yeah. Before the podcast, I was making primarily 100% really of my income, not from taking brand deals like an influencer would, but from uh, utilizing the ad platform on YouTube, which is to say, I will say, you know, put an ad at the three minute mark, the seven minute mark and the nine minute mark. And then YouTube will decide based on the audience what ad to play. Our audience is 92% women and it's a good demographic for advertisers. So it generally pays relatively well. This year, the ad rates are down about 30% for no reason whatsoever other than maybe due to the economy. So because of that, it is a pay cut, to, um, you know, just based on the purview amount that you're making. So if I, you know, were, were to make like, say, get a million views, I might have made $10,000 on that in the past. And this year I might be making $7,000 on that million views. So it's a big difference, but you know, it's just a law of averages. You have to wait for the ad rates to come back up. It's nothing that I can negotiate. It's just what the show uh, it's just what YouTube offers. And how that works is on the 21st or 20th or 22nd, depending on if it's on a weekend, the uh, the 21st of every month, you get a direct deposit from Google. And then, you know, they pay my company, which is like basically, you know, the company I've set up to protect myself, which is an S corp. And then that company pays me. Uh, so I'm on payroll. So I am both my boss and the employee. I'm the HR, but that's how that works out. So that was my main revenue source. Now, oh, you know, I should have said that that was probably 90% and then about 10% of my revenue comes from Patreon. Patreon.com is a membership-only community where I give extra bonus content, usually about an hour a day of extra live streams at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Plus, it's where I, you know, release more tea and can share things that I'm working on, like who's going to be my next guest and uh, which podcast I'm going on in Nashville and then a few weeks and all that. So Patreon is about a 10% revenue, which is good. It's a good revenue stream. 
and that's patreon.com slash Dave Neal. That'll pick up a lot when the season starts back up again, but you know, people will come and go. They'll sign up for a month or a year. There's a discount if you sign up for the year, but it really comes out to as little as four or five dollars a month that people pay to be a part of that community. All right, next question. How do you pay contestants when you work with them? How much? I, I said I'll tell you exactly how much I paid Katie Thurston and Susie Evans. I paid Susie Evans to be on my podcast $7. And by that, I mean I bought her a coffee. Maybe it was a $5 coffee. Um, and um, that was it. You know. Um, and then for Katie, I bought her her 7-Eleven Diet Coke, and uh, that was probably about a dollar. So I paid Katie a dollar. And um, could would I pay contestants to be on my show? I don't know because I don't think it's I don't think anyone who does it for money. It's usually like to promote their page, and it sort of humanizes them. And it's kind of just like a cross promotion thing. It's almost like the paparazzi working with the celebrity in this weird little niche world, if that makes any sense whatsoever. So. Um, if people don't want to do it, they can say no. It's just, you know, a quick little moment of their time. And yeah, so that's how that works out. Um, how much are you bringing in from Bachelor content versus other content? That kind of leads into the next question, which I'll read, which is, um, I'm curious, since you've branched out to Vanderpump Rules and other reality shows, have you seen an increase in viewers' ad revenue? I've watched your collaborations with Up and Adam as well. Is that bringing more subscribers? So Up and Adam is a YouTube channel that essentially does what I do, but they do it with the Bravo community. And I've been going on their page to uh, do live streams with them. I'd say it probably brings in a, a 10 or 20 subscribers every time I go on, which doesn't seem like a lot of people. But my strategy with Vanderpump Rules, because I generally do enjoy making content about that show, is to continue to make content until the YouTube algorithm says, okay, Dave makes good videos about Vanderpump. We'll start promoting him to that audience. Right now, I'm probably only make a third. Um, it's hard to say. Every video is different. Um, my uh, Driving with Susie video made $600, whereas some other videos might only make 50. My Vanderpump Rules videos, probably, I'm barely like at the minimum wage level. They're making 20 or $30 a video. It's not much money, but it is a chance to go into and branch out outside of the bachelor world, which I see as just a safe way to keep making content. Even if it's not an instant cash winner, it's a way to show that I can have content outside the bachelor world with new people. I will say the love is blind audience that those videos were are making more money than the Vanderpump when I was making love is blind content, but probably not as much as bachelor. So what people have to understand is ad rates are based on where the consumer watches. And in the United States, you get paid more for content that's isolated to there than you would for like international content. Couldn't tell you why, but advertisers decide the rates based on market demand. And they seem to, there seems to be a more competitive and robust market in the United States. So Bachelor doesn't have as big of an audience internationally as Netflix does because Netflix serves, you know, the world essentially. But Bachelor has a domestic audience. So if you're, um, I don't know, uh, you know, AutoZone, AutoZone, and you only exist in America, in the United States, I don't know if that's true, but say, say it is, you would prefer to advertise probably um, on a, on a show that's only got, you know, a U.S. audience because you, you don't, you know, why waste an advertising rate with someone who's not going to ever see your product? So if you're like someone like McDonald's, maybe you want more international publicity. But either way, point being is that um, 
The Bachelor, even with a smaller audience, still commands, I think, a higher ad rate. So if I was covering, I don't know, some male, you know, I don't know, NFL, there might be more content creators in the NFL space. So I might only make a, a portion of what I make in Bachelor because I, I kind of control, like I have a very specific um, thing that we do with the bachelor world with the entertainment news where we're not exactly podcasting we're just aggregating a lot of other people's content and giving our opinions and yeah there's there's uh, money to be made there so as far as i'm trying to make sure i got those answers in as far as how much i'm bringing in from bachelor content uh, versus other content i would say bachelor content is about 90 90% of my revenue um I kind of got rid of my other channel that was to make entertainment news outside the Bachelor world. I'm kind of sticking right now to Bachelor, Love is Blind, and Vanderpump. And, you know, maybe I'll move on from there if there's a big story outside there. But there's only so many videos I can make in a day. So I just try to make the ones that provide me the most interest and provide me the most value for my time. I like it, like I enjoyed watching Survivor, but no one wants to... No, you know, my recaps weren't doing well. So it's just like, if I'm not making any money doing this, then it's, then I can find something else to do. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, oh, as far as the podcast is concerned, no one has specifically asked this, but since I launched the podcast in the fall, it started to make, um, you know, some ad money, 50 bucks, hundred bucks. The, the first month was like two, $300. Um, but it's actually improved a lot. This last month was probably my most lucrative and it's still climbing. Uh, to where it's around $100 a day um, from the baked-in ads that the podcast provides. So when I upload the podcast, the podcast company will put ads in there just like YouTube does, and then I'll get, I think, 70%. It's like a 70-30 split. I'll get 70% of that revenue. Um, but I can't discuss how much the ads pay me that are negotiated that I that I give like as live reads like um, uh, microdose gummies I don't think those all have um, NDA so I can't discuss that but I will say that the podcast especially during barrel scraping season the last couple months the podcast has become kind of like about a 40% revenue of my entire of my entire kind of like content creating portfolio i would have never expected this i would have it's i would have never expected it to pass youtube uh but it's doing well and it's because of you guys it's because you've rated you've reviewed and you know there was a chance that i created bachelor rush hour in the fall and there was a chance i would have scrapped it after two months if i was only getting 100 views or something like that you know it, it just has to be worth my time and yours for it to be you know something because you know it takes a lot of time to do it takes a lot of passion you know i've been doing the bachelor rush hour while i'm on my honeymoon and on vacation and this and that it takes you know it it takes a commitment uh, I read somewhere that most podcasts don't make it past like seven episodes. So if you make it past seven episodes, you're doing okay. I think we're almost on like 200 or something like that since we're doing a daily one. But either way, um, if anyone has any other questions, maybe maybe I can do Financial Fridays and I can talk more about it. Um, I'd be happy to talk about it. Um, I wanted to wait to do Jason Tartik's podcast, but he's uh, never reached out to me. And um, that's not really any shade towards him, but you know, why wait to... Um, talk about this stuff on someone else's podcast when we have all of the uh, tools to talk about it here. So if you enjoyed that uh, financial part of the talk, let me know if there's anything you'd like me to discuss. I mean, my, I don't know um, 
uh, just to put it this way, I don't know if I'm going to make more money than I did last year or the year before. Like I said, the ad rates are down. My goal though is to get, is to, is to break into, I mean, I mean, my goal is, is to make a lot of money. I'm trying to buy a home. I'm trying to, you know, uh, tour stand up, um, and do all these other things, but you know, I'm just trying to get to a place where can we start hiring some people? Can we hire, you know, a social media manager to do things that I don't have time to do? And can I really just focus on being funny and in that type of thing? And right now I'm just a one man shop kind of trying to trying to save up and get enough to um, to go buy that home, which we're trying to do for this fall. So I'll keep you guys updated on all that. I wanted to do this at the end of the episode um, because I wasn't sure if you guys were going to be interested in this. So if you're still listening, it's because you found this informational or informative, and I'd be happy to give you more content like this. Just let me know. You, you, uh, leave a leave a review on the podcast app or DM me or whatever and let me know if you have any questions. You know, I'm, I try to be an open book as much as possible. And um, yeah, I, just, I hope everyone has a fantastic weekend and we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll be rip roaring with a bunch more content coming your way. All right, everyone have a good one. I've been Dave Neal. This was Bachelor Rush Hour. <laughs>